Some say he's the one behind every screen. Some say he only comes out every few years. And some say he's closer than you think. To mark the event's 30th year, Jack is back at Universal's Halloween Horror Nights. And this year, he's everywhere. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Halloween edition of Relive the Magic. I am your host, Dallas Thompson, and it's been a little while since we've done an episode. Um, last time was actually opening weekend of Halloween Horror Nights 30, and we're here. It's Saturday, October 30th when I'm recording this, and this is our little Halloween special. Uh, but I figured I would come on and talk about my final thoughts on this year's event. I went a total of nine times this year, uh, and I figured that, you know, my thoughts have changed a little since opening weekend, so I figured I would share my current, my final thoughts on this year's event with all of you. Now, overall, they have not changed. Uh, if you listen to the first podcast of the season, you'll remember uh, that I talked a little bit about, um, talked a little bit about each house. Talked. I mentioned I went on a behind the screams tour, which I never did talk about in length here uh i decided to wait till the season's over uh, and so that'll be one last thing that i share um at after the event's over so probably in about a week or so um uh that was honestly the behind the screams tour i think increased my appreciation for some of the houses that were on the bottom of my list after the first night and even the first weekend and honestly a lot of my list did not change from night one to now. Uh, I went nine times, as I said. My final time going was this last Wednesday um, on October 27th. Uh, I was going to go this weekend, but I just haven't found a good time to do so uh, with a lot going on. Um, And so today on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter, at Relive underscore Magic, I shared my final rankings of the scare zones and of the houses. And so I wanted to share, I'll first share my rankings from week one, and then I will share my rankings from now, uh, the final week of Horror Nights. Uh, so back on week one, we're start, we'll start with the Scare Zones, which, by the way, I was a little bit too positive, I think, on the Scare Zones back on opening weekend, uh, which is unfortunate because um, I don't think that was very honest. And as the event went on, I realized I only really like one of the Scare Zones. That's it. I The rest of them were just there were all photo opportunities, which is not what a scare zone is supposed to be. Um, the actors were good in them. Of course they did what they were told to do. Um, and it's not their fault that it was a photo op zone basically. And so I hope that, uh, come next year, maybe they'll return a little bit to making the scare zones actually more scare zones, uh, instead of photo opportunity areas. Uh, but I, I'll still sell, uh, share my ranking. Uh, and it's actually, this one's changed quite a bit. (laughs) Like, like drastically changed. Uh, so night one, uh, I ranked uh, Lights, Camera, Haction at number five. Seek and Destroy at number four. 30 Years, 30 Fears at number three. Crypt TV at number two. And Gorewood Forest at number one. And now that we're at the end of the event, I have ranked the Scare Zones as follows. Crypt's TV has gone all the way down to number five. It was just honestly... It was just really bad. Like, if you don't know what Crypt TV is, it's it's like a, I don't really need to go in that area. This is kind of a zone. 
Um, and I, I don't know how the people that did what know of Crips TV before felt, because I don't know anyone that did. Um, number four, 30 years, 30 fears. And that's really just because there was nothing to that zone other than photo ops. And that was it. And that, that makes sense. That that zone, I forgive that zone because of where it is in the parks. It always is kind of that way. I just, I don't know. It, it was fine. That one was okay. Number three, Gorewood Forest. Number two, Lights, Camera, Action. Number one, Seek and Destroy. And so, Seek and Destroy and Lights, Camera, Action went from four and five to one and two. And why is that? Well, one thing about Horror Nights that makes the event so great and repeatable is that they often take feedback and guest reactions from the beginning of the event and just try to add things, try to tweak things, improve things throughout the run of the event. And those two of the entire event, I feel like they did it the most in those. Um, Lights, camera, action, I spent almost no time in the first weekend, so that's really why it changed so much. It was just like, it was the most traditional of all the scare zones, and I enjoyed that. Um, And I enjoyed the throwbacks as well as part of the 30 years celebration. Number one was Gorewood Forest, as I said, and that's because, um, no, my bad. Number three was Gorewood Forest, and that's because visually it was really cool. Um, That area is just always so congested, always, every year. It's not just this year, but it was much better than the other two, so that's why I got number three. Number one was Seek and Destroy. That one is vastly improved over what it was the first night. So many more people walking around. Uh, characters walking around. Uh, they did this little stage show, uh, submit to the controller, that kind of thing, and everyone was really into it. That seemed to be the fan favorite Scare Zone this year, and that's because it was the only one that was like, it was interactive, it was it was fun. I mean, Scare Zones can be fun. Uh, it was fun. Uh, it wasn't really scary. I, I did see some people get scared, though, and uh, the act characters in that zone seemed like they were having a great time all season. Once we got past the first weekend, really, once we got into the second weekend on, that zone was really good, and um, it's the only one that I thought was a good scare zone. And so overall, scare zones were disappointing, but that doesn't mean the event this year was disappointing. Some people have kind of taken that idea and gotten it just from the fact that the scare zones weren't great. Um, and I thought this year was incredible. As far as, as far as my personal opinion goes, of my experience throughout the years of going to Horror Nights. I've gone since HHN 25. I think I've missed one year. Um, but my opinion is that this is by far the best year I've ever been to. And that's also probably has something to do with, full disclaimer, that I have never gone more than one night other than this year. This is the first year I've gone more than once. Um, and so I've never gotten to do all 10 houses. I've never gotten to do all the scare zones, seen the shows. And this year was the first year I was really all in. So 29, though, was, I thought 29 would be a very hard year to beat. 29 was an incredible lineup of houses with, uh, I thought Ghostbusters was just absolutely awesome. Um, And then a lot of the originals that year were really good. My first house I ever went into at at HHN 25 was the Jacks Presents 25 Years um, of Monsters and Mayhem, I believe was the name of it. That house, to this day, is probably in my top three. I wish I could go in that one again. I only did that one once, uh, but I wish I could do that one again. And... I just wanted to mention that that is why I'm probably biased and have icons so high on my list. And that has changed where it's at actually uh, throughout the event. Uh, So let's talk about the houses week one. Well, night one, uh, I did a ranking of night one and of night two, and I'm going to read you night one because night one and two, the changes were very little. 
but I'm just going to go from my very initial reactions to my very final reactions. So night one, from 10 to 1. 10, Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. 9, Welcome to Scary. 8, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 7, Puppet Theater. 6, The Bride of Frankenstein Lives. 5, Beetlejuice. 4, The Haunting of Hill House. 3, Case Files, Legendary Truth. 2, Wicked Growth, Realm of the Pumpkin. And number 1, HHN Icons. And if you listen to the podcast from September 3rd, you heard my reasoning behind all of this. And at the time, that was my ranking. Now, it's it's still very similar. My top three are still my top three. They've changed orders slightly. Uh, my bottom three are still my bottom three. And they have changed orders, which is great. My middle few have jumped around a lot. And, so, and that's worth saying because... Every time you visit, I think you will have a slightly different experience. Um, and so my final ranking is not based off of my final night, but it's based off of my experience as a whole, how many great runs I had of each house, what I connected to, what I thought was scary, what I thought was effective, what I just thought was great art design, what I thought, you know, all these kind of things, uh, rewalk through ability, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and before I, before I get started with that, I want to say that every single house this year was really, really good. My number 10 house is still a house that I think is incredible. It's something I would go through any day. Uh, I went through it many times this year, and I just found it to be all remarkable. Every house was remarkable. Uh, Some, though, were not as good as the others. The top three, I think, are three of the best of all time. The rest were good, and even some of my top five, maybe. Maybe the few below the top three. Maybe some of those were some of the best of all time, but I don't know because I've only been going a few years. But um, they were all great, so I just wanted to say that. And now I'm going to share my final HHN 30 house ranking. Number 10, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I went through that house six times total across this season. And the reason it's so low I mean, the set design was great. The idea of setting it after the film that it's based on was good. That made it a little bit slightly different from the previous incarnation of the house um, that I've, I've I've been through the old one, and I it wasn't one I was excited for this year. And I should also say I'm not very much into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, so that has to do with it. Uh, I don't like the smells in there. I don't I don't find chainsaws to be particularly scary. Uh, but I really appreciated the design and the direction of this house. And so that's why I still think it is a good, even great house. Um, it's just not one I rush to every night. It's not one that I found myself wanting to go to a lot. But it is one that I really was impressed by. And it was one I was very surprised by. It was the one I was most surprised by this year. But it had to make it at number 10 because it was at the bottom of my list. And number 9... Welcome to Scary Horror in the Heartlands, which is a shame because I, going into the event, I don't have my hype list. I think it is on our September 3rd episode. I don't have it with me, though. It was pretty high, though, on my hype list. I thought this was going to be a really interesting and unique and just a standout house. I was wrong. Um, it, it was good, but it was not a standout house. Um, oftentimes, if I saw it higher than... 30, 40 minutes, even with Express, I would be like, I don't know about that. I'll come back later when no one's here. Uh, I often did this house during Stay and Scream. 
Um, I often, I did this house more though than Texas Chainsaw. I did it seven times, um, which is a good amount of times. Um, Welcome to Scary was a house that did progressively get better. And I don't know if it's because my understanding got better, but I noticed a lot more scares as the event went on, a lot more additions, a lot more details were put into it. It just overall, it got better. And every time I went through it, I was like, wow, that was actually a lot better than uh, I remember it being. And so that is why it did not move from the first night. However, it did go down um, at some point during the event, but it came back up to number nine. Uh, and I I, I want to give props to the teams at Welcome to Scary. The actors themselves were doing an incredible job in that house. I just thought the house was a jumbled mess, really, of confusion. Uh, there were some great nods and details in there that after taking my Behind the Screams tour, I was like, wow, that that is really cool. But again, as I said before, I don't think I should have to take a Behind the Screams tour to understand what the heck is going on in a house, uh, in a haunted house. Um, and it, it was good. Uh, if I was there right now, I would love to go through it, but wasn't one of my favorites. And now, from eight to one, all of these houses were houses I really, really enjoyed. And for whatever reason, number eight, I didn't go through very many times this season. I don't exactly know why. Every time I went, I was like, oh, I really want to go do this, but I just never got around to it. Uh, number one through seven took priority for me every time. And so that's a shame, but um, and that number number seven, number eight, sorry, number eight is Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. Uh, I only went through that house four times. I don't know if that, maybe I got off on that count or something, but four times was how many times I went through. But every time I went through, I was like, this, this story wise, this makes a lot of sense. Um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea, but I'm not even talking about, is the story good? I'm talking about, was the story portrayed well? Cause that's hard to do in a haunted house especially when you're rushing people through the way that uh, they were this year at Horror Nights. Uh, in this house, though, I don't have much to say about it other than I wish I gone, I went through it more. Um, this house has been around since last year, and so I, I think a lot of people had it towards the bottom of their list only because they had experienced it last year and gotten tired of it. I did not experience it last year, but I do think that it didn't get as much credit or... It didn't get the accolades this year that it deserved, uh, especially because it was around last year. Uh, but Revenge of the Tooth Fairy was really good, and it will be one that I do miss. Uh, number seven, I can't believe number seven is what it is. Um, it stayed exactly the same, and I thought it was going to climb. I thought it was going to easily climb up because everyone was so hyped for this one, and everyone talked about it before the event in a way that made me think, okay, well, this should be one of the best, like the top three, maybe. And then after the event started, everyone kept talking about it that way. And that is Puppet Theater. Puppet Theater was an original house this year, right next to Wicked Growth, Realm of the Pumpkin. Spoiler alert, that is in my top three. But Puppet Theater was fine. You know, um, I don't find puppets to be particularly scary is the problem. Um, but set-wise, set design, it was breathtakingly awesome. A lot of the uh, set pieces I came to appreciate more, of course, during my tour, as I said. Um, I thought that the idea behind it is really what pushed it above the other three that are below it. Um, but honestly, Tooth Fairy and this one are interchangeable. Like, Tooth Fairy could be number seven. This could be number eight. But 
Um, but R- Puppet Theater is one that I, again, it was one that I was like, man, I don't have to go through that that many times. And so I went through Puppet Theater about six times, I counted. Um, and that that's not because I don't like the house. That's just because, again, it wasn't one that I felt calling my name every time I showed up. Um, and there's a lot of people that really liked Puppet Theater. And I, I said at the beginning of this event, I think Puppet Theater is one of the scariest houses that there is this year. It didn't necessarily scare me, but as far as seeing other people's reaction to it, it definitely was one of the scariest houses this year. Um, and it was definitely one of the most detailed houses. Um, and I also think that the fact is that they released a video showing off a lot of the detail, details about a year ago on Peacock, and I think that hurt this house a bit. Uh, and so, yeah, that's number seven, Puppet Theater. Number six, uh, number six before was The Bride of Frankenstein Lives. Number six now at the end of the event is Beetlejuice. And um, honestly, from here forward, they, these are all remarkable houses that I would go through every day F over and over and over again. Beetlejuice, I did only do six times, and that's because of how long the line always was, no matter what time of the day it was. It could be 1.30, it could be 6 p.m. The, the line was often very, very long, at least the times I went. Um, and so I think I was lucky to do it even six times. But Beetlejuice was not scary. And I honestly don't care that it wasn't scary because a lot of these don't really phase me much. Um, and Beetlejuice is a house uh, that just retells the story of the popular film. I watched the film for the first time this year. And so that made me enjoy it even more, I think. I really, really liked the film. Um, I really like the settings, the just the wackiness of the whole movie. And the house really portrayed that wackiness and those characters extremely well. And so that's why I thought that Beetlejuice was a standout house at number six. Um, and I'll be sad to see it go next year. I don't think it'll return. I think it's pretty certain here because it was open for a couple of days last year. And then this year it was open. It was very popular. Um, but yeah, Beetlejuice was a lot of fun. Uh, and then I just had wished I'd gone through that one more. Um, and it was, it's not higher because it was missing scare actors a lot. And you could tell every time I went through, it was missing uh, some people, but there were times I went through when it had more people than other times that I went through. And that helped a lot for sure. Um, but just a majority of the time it was not fully staffed and I, it, it definitely did not feel like they completed it. If that makes sense. And that's disappointing because it sat there for a very long time, but that's just the state of the world we are in. And so Beetlejuice did not disappoint one bit. It was a lot of fun. A lot of people have it as their number 10, which I don't understand. But that's uh, what's so great about events like these. Everyone views them differently. Everyone reviews them differently. And uh, no one's review will be the same as other people. Number five, Haunting of Hill House. I went through that one eight times. Um, And honestly, I tried watching the show before Horror Nights. I got halfway through. I got to episode number five. And I just was like, I have no clue what I'm watching. This is pretty boring, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, a lot of people like that show, so I'm not trying to trash on the show, but it was not for me. Uh, and I was, I was, I really liked the setting of the show. I liked the production design, the creepiness of the show. I just couldn't, you know, I just couldn't keep watching it. So going into Horror Nights, I was like, I hope they just, you know, uh, show what they are saying. At least they're going to show in the house. And that's what they did. Um, the Haunting of Hill House. 
house um, is one I did every time except once. And I only did like two houses. The One of the times I went because of crowds, but it was a house that delivered on a promise. I think that they made to just showcase the creepiness of Hill house. Of course they had to have some jump scares in there and, and such. Of course they did. Um, and I recognize things from the episodes I watched, but I didn't watch the whole show. So I didn't recognize everything. Um, I didn't feel that I could completely connect to the house, but I felt that I could completely enjoy the house and completely enjoy the environment they created. There were so many impressive things in this house in this house. Now that it's over, I'll say some of them like the tall man. And then as the tall man gets taller and taller and taller, as the house goes on, it just gets more and more impressive. Um, and stuff like that. This house had a lot of really cool effects. Their super dark hallways, um, were always, they always trip people out and, those were a lot of fun to walk through. Um, except the last night, the person in front of me turned on their phone flashlight in there. And I'm like, how stupid can you be? You know, but that, that's a recurring theme that happened this year a lot at the event, I feel like. Um, and so Haunting of Hill House remained a great house. I loved it all season long. Started at number four. Um, but number four is one that jumped a bit. Number four is Universal Monsters, The Bride of Frankenstein Lives. I should say, again, I did not see the houses last year during the day at Universal Studios Florida, so all 10 were brand new to me this year. And as the season went on, this house, I felt, got better and better. Maybe there were more people in there. There were definitely more scares as the as the time went on, but this house was phenomenal. Uh, just from a production standpoint, a set design standpoint, it was absolutely stunning. Um, th- I just, the one thing that kind of bothered me was how much they were like yelling in there. It's that just made it kind of painful to walk through sometimes, but I went through it a ton. I went through it seven times. Um, and I just, I loved this house. I wish they'd bring it back next year. And I hope, I don't think they'll bring it back, but I hope they bring in another universal monsters, uh, house. Cause this is the second one. I hope they do a third one. I hope they continue that on because it's cool for them to use their universal monster, you know, Frankenstein, Dracula, uh, this, the, Creature in the Black Lagoon, et cetera, et cetera. This house was great. Um, I've talked a lot about this on Twitter. A lot of people have talked about this for a while. And so now let's get into our top three. Our third one, uh, Case Files Unearthed Legendary Truth. This house is in my top three. Uh, it was it was in my top three uh, on night one. And it remains there because it's such a unique house full of unique elements. I don't at least as far as I know, there's never been a house that's gone from story to story. It was a detective mystery story is basically what it was. Um, And it was full of references that Horror Nights fans, uh, especially Legendary Truth fans, could enjoy. Um, But it was something so unique. And that's what I really appreciated about this house. um, And actually my number one house as well. Um, But this was really unique. And I took my girlfriend for the first time and this was her number one house, I'm pretty sure. And that's because it was it was just, I mean, it, what she said is how unique it was as well. Um, and just the uniqueness of this house made it stand out from the rest. Uh, it wasn't particularly scary, um, but the design was awesome. The layout of the house was great. The story, the mystery, the ending was awesome, by the way, um, with the glowing eyes of the guy and then, uh, you know, the legendary truth devil at the end popping out at you. It was a fantastic house, had a great finale, just got better and better as it went on. Uh, It was awesome to see some iconic locations from in the park, but like get to go inside like the Kitty Cat Club and some of the other locations. Um, 
And it was just a great house all, all around a great time had in that house. Number two, Halloween Horror Nights icons. Now, I was convinced really up until, I don't even know when, up until like October, like the entire first month, I was like, there is no way icons moved from my number one. But Wicked Growth and Icons all all season were so close. They were so close to being um, number one together. Icons is a phenomenal house. Every room in that house is awesome. Every time I go through, I notice new details. I see new scares. I think of I just I just think of things that I, I haven't seen before in there. Going on the the throne changing every time makes it a fun game uh, to try to find all of them. I did, never did see a chance on there, and I believe I didn't see Lady Luck, but I think I saw everybody else on that throne. This house is one that I wish they would keep uh, because the icons are obviously so popular after this year. Uh, everyone loves the icons. Everyone loves Jack specifically and Chance. Chance appeared for a night and around, walking around the park with Jack, and people love that. But the icons house was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it was the most fun house to walk into. Like as soon as you walked in, they were playing that rock music and you're like, Oh, here we go. And then, uh, I just thought that as a huge fan of horror nights, it was a ton of fun. And it was something that I wish we could have every day at universal studios. And so that's one, this one and number one, I truly am going to miss seeing like the rest. I'm like, okay, well it was cool. We had them for a while, but these two, I'm like, dang, I wish that these could stay cause I'm not ready to say goodbye to these two. Horror Nights Icons, and number one, of course, Wicked Growth, Realm of the Pumpkin, uh, Little Boo, and all of his friends. I'm not ready to say goodbye to them. Uh, Wicked Growth was just, as the season went on, it it got better and better. More scare actors were in there. More effects were added. More more fun. More Little Boo. All, all kinds of stuff. It was so much fun. That house was so impressive on every single level. Scares, design, production value, story. The story was very clear. Um... The originality was awesome. I just loved having a Halloween house, not Michael Myers, but the Halloween, the holiday house. It was incredible. And if they were to return one next year, I would hope it would be Wicked Growth, Realm of the Pumpkin. I'm going to tremendously miss that and Icons. And I'm going to miss all the houses, but I'm going to miss those two the most. And those are the two uh, I have missed already. Those are the two I'm going to miss probably until Horror Nights 31 or if they ever bring any of them back. Now, we're at the end of this season. Today's October 30th. Uh, this will be posted. What time is it that I'm recording this? It's about 8 o'clock. And so most of you will not hear this until after the event's over. But it's worth mentioning now that Horror Nights 31 is coming. And when I'm recording this, they haven't announced the dates yet. Sometimes they'll announce the dates soon. Sometimes they won't. I think it'll probably be very similar to this year um, as far as dates go. Uh, especially because of how popular this year was. I was convinced all season that they were going to extend the event by like a few days. Um, And so this year they started September 3rd and they ended October 31st. Next year, I think they're going to start Friday, September 2nd, more than likely, because I think that having it start on Labor Day weekend, I think that that was actually really great for them. And I think it got everything to a good start. Of course, the next weekend is D23, so I really hope that they do it the weekend before D23. Um, and then Halloween is on a Monday. So either they will run it until the 31st and just do it on a Monday, which they don't ever do. Or if 
if they really listen to the fans this year, they'll give us more dates till the start of November, which would mean we have probably until November 6th the next year if we get really lucky. If not, it'll in the 30th or 31st. But anyway, that's just my thoughts on the dates for next year. What do I think is coming to Horror Nights 31? That is something for another time. But I will say real quick, just off, off the top of my head, I would love to see a Halloween Kills slash Halloween Ends house. I loved the Halloween Kills movie. I don't care what anyone else says. I thought it was a lot of fun for what it was. Um, and great Halloween movie. If you guys want to go see a Halloween movie, go see that if you haven't seen it. Or it's on Peacock. Um, I would love to see one of those because the previous Halloween houses, I've enjoyed a lot. Um, if they're going to continue in the same vein of like Ghostbusters, Beetlejuice, they could do Gremlins, which I know everyone has wanted, or Ghostbusters Afterlife is an option, um, depending on how that film does in theaters. And there's there's a lot of options. Stranger Things will be back on Netflix next year, so I would not be surprised if we see a new Stranger Things house. As far as IPs goes, that's what that is. And then um, I think we will see an icon lead next year, uh, and I don't know who that will be. Will it be Chance again, like 26, or will it be the director, the usher, the storyteller, et cetera, et cetera. Who knows? Um, only time will tell. I would love to see an icon lead the event. I would love to see some cool IPs in there, but I would love to really, really what I'd love to see is just like this year. I'd love to see more original houses than IPs because I think that they learned that you don't need a ton of IP to drive people in. People will come to this event no matter what. And that was proven this year, I think. And everyone really enjoyed the original houses. I enjoyed them a ton. And this year's event was absolutely phenomenal. I just want to thank all the scare actors, the designers, the art team, the production people, the set builders, the house builders, the people in the Halloween Nightmare Fuel show, people that designed the scare zones, people that did literally anything for this event, the security teams, especially uh, the attractions workers, just the people, the house attendants, and et cetera, et cetera. There's all sorts of people uh, to thank. And if I missed you, thank you. Um, thank you so much to everyone who worked this year's event. Uh, it was absolutely incredible. I'm going to miss it tremendously. And I know I speak for a lot of people when I say that. And with that, uh, this is a, it's been about half an hour. And so I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, coming up, uh, in the next few weeks, I'm going to record an episode about a few things we have coming up November 9th. I will be going to Mickey's, that's not what it's called, Disney's Very Merriest After Hours event. Never been to an After Hours event. I swore I wouldn't go to Boo Bash, so I did not go to Boo Bash, but I will go to this. Uh, this seems like slightly better value. One extra hour, fireworks, parade, shows, all that sort of stuff. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be good. I'll let you guys know. I'll post about it on YouTube. I'll talk about it on the podcast. And then the following week... Um, the following weekend, Universal will start their Christmas festivities with Grinchmas, Harry Potter Christmas stuff, um, and just all of their normal stuff like the parade and all of that. And a lot of that will be back. It was not a lot of it wasn't around last year, and so that's exciting. And then uh, the next week, I believe after that is IAPA and uh, Gaylord Palms will begin their Christmas celebrations as well. And so we're gonna have a lot to talk about as far as Christmas stuff goes. The podcast will be back on our regular schedule here in November and December uh, with with a little bit of a break at the actual holidays. Um, as far as YouTube goes, uh, the YouTube channel, uh, I honestly 
my camera is still it's well my camera's not going to be able to be repaired basically uh, if you guys remember in my September 3rd episode, I talked all about how my camera got destroyed at opening night of horror night. So I've been using my iPhone a bit and I have a DSLR and I'll, I'll use that some, but I just hate bringing that into the parks um, in case something happened to that. But um, as far as video versions of this podcast go, I think uh, they're going to come back in a full form here soon. Uh, but I did it for the one on September 3rd because that was a very special occasion. Uh, and with that, I want to thank all of you for supporting the podcast. Uh, how can you support us even more than just listening and uh, downloading the podcast? Well, you can find me on Twitter at relive underscore magic. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, relive the magic, youtube.com slash relive the magic will be the link. Uh, find us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts, we are there. Uh, we're also on other social media, but really Twitter is the main place we use. Uh, and so, Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you guys have a happy Halloween. Thank you all for following along. I know I've posted so much about Horror Nights this year. Over, I believe, over 200 tweets with the hashtag I counted earlier. Um, and that it was a crazy season. It was a great season. A lot of fun. And so thank you all so much for following along throughout this entire journey of Halloween Horror Nights 30. I promise um, next year I will go just as much into the event, if not more. Uh, Same with all of the upcoming Christmas festivities. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a magical and spooky Halloween.